Welcome to the Mike Litton Experience Podcast. Mike has over 31 years experience in real estate, finance, and investing. He's passionate about being a father, a teacher, a realtor, an investor, and a leader. Everyone has a story, and our passion is to help them tell it. And now, introducing the host of the Mike Litton Experience, Mike Litton. So what is Mike Time? Mike Time is a set of short stories that have happened throughout my lifetime, experiences of mine throughout my lifetime, that have taught me lessons that I hope will be of value to you. So what can you expect from the Mike Litton Experience? You can expect stories that will inspire, motivate, deliver advice that sharpens your focus, as well as providing expert information regarding real estate, finance, and market conditions. Okay, so what I'd like to do, if it's okay, is I'd like to talk with you about your story. We've started a podcast, and and Michael, you are somebody who I absolutely, notwithstanding what you just said, you're somebody, you and Elaine are, are people that I truly admire greatly. Um, and And... I started this podcast and one of the first people I thought of that I wanted to have as a guest was you simply because I, I know about you and I know about you as a person having worked with you and worked with Elaine and the girls and everything. Um, I know what quality you are. And so I wanted people, the idea behind this podcast, it's called the Mike Litton experience. The idea behind the podcast is everybody has a story. And our passion is to help them tell it. And here's what I absolutely know. I absolutely know with every fiber of my being that if people hear your story, they're going to be inspired and they're going to be motivated. There's something about your past that they're going to relate to, if that makes sense. And that's why we're so passionate about doing this. It's a, it's a big, big part of, of why we, I, I, this, like I told you, this has been a dream of mine for nine years and I cannot thank you enough for being a part of it. Okay. So let's start off with your permission. Let's start off with the beginning. Where were you born? Yeah, uh, I was born in Escondido, California, really born and raised almost all of my life has been there. Same with Elaine, born and raised yeah. in Escondido, California. That's where we met. How did you meet? Spent a little time in San Marcos, but yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. Went to the same, went yeah, (laughs) went to the same church, uh, Cornerstone Church of Escondido, right next to my high school, Orange Glen. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, that's where we met. That's both of our families went there. There is actually uh, somewhere a picture of a we were making a quilt for Mm -hmm. um, for a family. And I was in first grade, she's in kindergarten or something like that. And I'm holding one end of the quilt. She's holding the bottom end. We didn't, we didn't really know each other then, but we were part of that same small church. And many, many years later is how we met. She wanted to uh, introduce a worship song and I was the worship leader and she wanted to learn how to play guitar. And that's kind of how we struck up our friendship. And we were really, really close friends for many years um, before we realized, you know, there's, there was something more to that friendship. I love that, man. I love that. So let me ask you this. So you you were born in Escondido. You grew up in Escondido. You, did you go to Orange Glen High School? I did. Yeah, okay. I went to Orange Glen. So you went to Orange Glen High School. Who was the most influential person in your life growing up? 
Yeah. Um, my parents were the most and, and still are the most influential people in my life. I think the early days, like elementary, middle school, it had to be my mom. Mm-hmm. My mom worked a full-time job. Both both my parents were full-time jobs, um, you know, their whole lives. And my mom, um, I wouldn't have known it actually, because she took me to school. She picked me up from school. If I forgot my lunch, she brought it to me. She was at every baseball game and practice. Um, every, every, I played every single sport you could think of uh, during that time. And she was there even for the practices. Wow. I had no idea of the sacrifices that she made for her own, I don't, you know, some personal space. Yeah, Her whole life was dedicated to, to help, to Karen for her kids, but the other hours of the day, she was at work. Um, and I just remember such a fond memory. It, it, it's, it's the family that I, I strove to create is yeah. dinner around the table and you know, all these, all these great um, traditions that, that she helped form because she was present for us. Um, and then in the later years, um, you know, my dad worked his butt off and he mm-hmm. had an incredible work ethic, yet he was always available to us. And especially as I started to get older, um, when it came to just advice on, on how to be a man, uh, but also just how to be financially responsible. He was a CPA, ran his own business his whole life. Um, I think he took me to the bank at age 13 and I got my first checking account. Oh. I had a checkbook. I would balance my books and, and it really in, instilled in me some financial responsibility. And he yeah. was actually the one when when Elaine and I got married and, and we had good work is that it was a good time to buy a home. Mm-hmm. You could almost pay a mortgage was cheaper than renting an apartment. And, yeah. and he, he helped us make some tough decisions and say, it's going to be worth it. And that was actually that first home that we bought was a strong suggestion from him. Yeah. 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 So he did a good job raising you. So did your mom. They did. They did an excellent job. And, we just try to hit the repeat button in the way that we're raising our girls and, and the care and everything that we do, the decisions that we make hopefully are, are to create a better future for them. Um, but then also role model some behaviors that we hope that they is instilled in them as they grow up. Yeah. And that's amazing, man. That is such a great example that you're, that you have, that you are for your children. Uh, I've watched you guys, obviously, and I've watched people closely I've watched you guys raise your girls the five years that I've known you and you're just, you're just doing a remarkable job. And I'm so incredibly proud of both of you. Um, I know I've told you that before, but I, I really am. Um, so, Thanks, let's, so let's talk, let's talk real quickly about, so you go to Orange Glenna high school, you graduate and you, you had met Elaine, right? Was that before, was that in high school or was that, it was. It was my senior year. Okay. Okay. So you met her sort of, you knew her from church, but you met her again at church. Um, and she was, you said she was looking to introduce a song. Yeah. So we, yeah, we went to the same, yeah, we went to the same church. I was the, the high school worship leader and she was, she was joining the high school group and, uh, and she had a passion for music and mm-hmm. she had found a great worship song that she thought would, you know, would, would benefit the, the, uh, high school group. And so she kind of presented it to me and wanted to, she wanted to 
play it for me mm-hmm. and ask, is this something that maybe we'll, uh, we could play um, on a, on a monthly basis or something like that. So right. yeah. that's cool. We ended that's up, cool. we ended up doing it together as like that's a awesome. duet. That's awesome. Uh, and actually the original piece of paper that she brought that we, we went off of, we kind of wrote notes. You sing this part. I sing this part. We kept it and we still have it. I have, we have it in a binder. Uh-huh. Uh, it's fun to recollect on that. Absolutely, man. That's awesome. What a great story. So, so you guys meet and you, and you see each other, I guess for a while. And how soon after you met, did you get married? Well, we were close friends for a couple of years. Right. Um, we were young, we were real, real young. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, we had both gone through, uh, I, yeah, some, some trials and tribulations and, and leaned on one another through hard times. And, uh, it was like my senior year that actually was dating. I was dating somebody mm-hmm. and that somebody said, I think you should be with Elaine. I can't compete with the relationship that you have with Elaine. Oh, and that was kind cool. of the first, <laughs> I know. And what's funny is, is earlier on, I, I had told my parents, I, although I'm dating this girl now, I think I'm going to end up marrying Elaine. And they both said that they'd, they'd like that. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Um, Yeah. So it was, it was senior, senior year that we, we started to date. Um, And and we got married, we got married within uh, pretty quick. Uh, uh, Yeah. Pretty quick. Two years. So let me ask you this. So you, so you graduate high school you guys that you guys are dating, you decide to get married, right? And, Mm -hmm. and how soon after you got married, did you buy a house? Within the first two years, Mm -hmm. uh, when we got married, we were in an apartment for, yeah, it was less than two years. I remember we signed a 12 month, 12 month lease. And then we thought, I think we were ready to, it was like a one bedroom. We were ready to go, you know, upgrade to a two bedroom, but then we started looking at prices and that was really when my dad said, geez, for the, you know, this is like 2008, mm-hmm. 2007. And he said, Hey, for the, for the monthly cost you're paying for this apartment that you're looking at, you could be in a home. And yeah. we, we had put money away I, right out of high school. I ran a small business and, and made a lot of money. It just, it wasn't going to be long-term. I had no, benefits i had no time off right. i had no medical you know but i right. i had put that was when you own a business so, <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah welcome to entrepreneurship so, right <laughs> uh-huh yeah so what was um, that so yeah about two, two years what were you doing with that small business well so i've always been uh, awfully motivated by money and yeah. so by uh, when i when i was when I was allowed to get a job, I got a job uh, yeah. because growing up, if I wanted something, I was going to have to, I was going to have to get it myself. Yeah. Um, and so the, that's the, the checkbook and the balancing of the checkbook and all, the, all that. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 The small business I ran was a uh, pool maintenance for oh. Escondido, RB, Carlsbad, Encinitas, um, and actually was introduced to the business from Elaine's dad who was also oh. part of that business oh my gosh that's awesome. so i ran that for a while mm-hmm. did that i did that while uh while elaine and i were dating and actually right. you know uh grew a great relationship with her dad yeah. uh, we became close friends and obviously that's that's 
when you when you ask someone i want to marry your daughter it's it's a little better if they know you yeah and no uh, and they they respect yeah they respect your work ethic and you know yeah you gotta you gotta do you gotta do right by him as well you got better chance right you got your odds are better right 100 um, percent. <laughs> that's awesome man so let me ask you this so you, so you guys are married for a couple of years. You're, you have this pool service, you're putting money away, right? And you decide to buy a house. Take us through the conversation that you had with your, with your dad. I mean, I know your dad was a huge influence in your life, all of your life, right? Um, take us through that conversation. And the reason I'm asking Mike is there are people that are going to listen to this that are thinking about buying a house. They're thinking about getting into the market. And right now, interest rates, as you well know, you just bought a house. Interest rates are incredibly high, okay? And there are a lot yeah. of people that are second guessing the wisdom of actually owning, buying a home right now. And they're talking, they're thinking about sitting out of the market, right? And just continuing mm -hmm. to, to rent. Walk us through yeah. what that conversation was like and what you learned from it. Well, my, when my dad, uh, had that initial conversation it was because it you know it really led up from years of conversations about how to be just financially smart right. with your money um but that goes to the things that you're purchasing and, and the value of the things that you're purchasing right um we talked a lot about assets and and when you would put money into something it just translated into some other type of value so everything that i thought i would buy I had to look at it and say, you know what, worst case scenario, I need to be able to liquidate this and, and make money back to pay things. So every purchase I ever made, I felt like I need, I need to be able to flip it or something. It, it's gotta be worth something um, instead of just the debt. And so when we started talking about a house, um, there were, there was kind of that talk mm -hmm. is, well, you know what, we're, we're in a place that others aren't in right now right. where we can afford kind of maybe that upfront cost that the long-term benefits will, uh, will reap, uh, all that, that maybe <laughs> all, all that hard work that we've put into it so far is, uh, we'll reap those benefits. Mm -hmm. Um, we have to kind of, um, be willing to, uh, I guess you get, you could say take a risk, but it was really an educated risk yeah. is you're just investing money that you have into, into a property that you need. Right. So uh, we needed to be somewhere anyway. And so we're able to buy, uh, buy at a good price. And, and within a few years, you, you know, you continue to make decisions that make the property better, mm -hmm. uh, make it worth more. Um, and then, uh, and then, you, you know, you, uh, interest rates, I think were uh, were pretty low then, but we still had the opportunity to refinance the home down the, down the line. We've used, um, home equity lines of credit, which you know, obviously you're not gonna be able to get that if you're renting an apartment, right. uh, as a past. Uh, I did taxes for uh, and financial statements for companies for a while. And you talk about, you know, helping out uh, my buddy doing his taxes. And, you know, he was getting like a $45 renters uh, credit on his taxes where I'm able to write off, you know, portion of my home because it was a small business right. that I was running. Um, so there were tax benefits. We needed a home and we had some money to invest it in. And then, I think we sold that home with your help for mm -hmm. a lot more yeah. than we had initially purchased it for. Yeah, you made some good money on that house. You really did. And it and part of it is a credit to you because you guys did improve that property quite a bit. 
So it really was when I came along, you had made my job pretty easy. Okay. Um, yes, there's marketing involved. Yes, there's negotiation involved, all that kind of thing. But when 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 I met you guys and we came in and basically buttoned things up, there wasn't much to be done. And you had done quite a bit in terms of as a credit to you and Elaine in terms of getting that property ready. So let me ask you this. Would you agree with the phrase, you're either paying your mortgage or you're paying your landlords? Absolutely. And if you are renting a home, if you're stuck in an apartment, then yeah, you're, you're kind of paying a portion of everyone else in the community. And I have done that before. Yeah. And that's, that's tough because that's where the money's gone. The money's gone at that yeah. point. At yeah, least the money that you're putting, yeah, the money you're putting into your mortgage, it's it's paying for a long term asset for yourself. Yeah, um, and leverage if you want to go if you want to upgrade. And that's what we did. We we sold that home that mm-hmm. you helped us sell for a lot more to buy a home that we couldn't afford without the equity that we had gained. Right. And then the same thing happened here as we we sold that home, and you, you got us that extra forty thousand, and that was. We are literally in construction right now behind this window uh, for the backyard of our dreams that 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 extra money paid for is paying for right now. (laughs) That's awesome, man. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. I'm so happy for you guys. So so you feel like homeownership was something that's that's yielded some some return for you. It's it's been a pretty good it's been a pretty good, pretty good decision. The reason I'm asking is, and I don't know if I shared this with you or not, but I've secured a ghostwriter and January of, of next year, we start writing a book on home ownership. And we're specifically writing that book to make the case to millennials that home ownership mm-hmm. needs to be a part of the American dream again. Yeah. And the reason for it is, according to the National Association of Realtors, the average net worth of a homeowner nationwide is just over $200,000. The average net worth of a tenant, a renter, is less than 4,000. That's a delta of just over $200,000 between one and the other, right? And what we are finding is we're literally right now in the middle of the single greatest transfer of wealth in our nation's history. There's some $72 trillion worth of, of wealth being passed from baby boomers to their millennial kids and grandkids, okay? And those mm-hmm. millennial mm-hmm. kids and grandkids don't want the real estate. 90% of it's real estate, and they don't want it because they have bad memories of back in 2007, 2008, when people lost their homes. The people around them that they were close to, they watched them lose their homes to foreclosure. And so they don't have the same feeling about home ownership that you and I have. Does that make sense? So yes. that's, why, that's why we're writing this book. And if it's okay with you, I'm going to be back with you to interview you for that book. I hope that's okay. That's fine by me. If it I'd helps love, people out. I'd, I'd love to have you guys be a part of it. So you're a big part of our story and I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, but we're literally, that's the first of, of three books that we have planned on real estate. Um, so, and and that's the first one because we're trying to get we're trying to get the word out, basically. And a big part of this podcast mm-hmm. is doing just that, getting the word out and getting the truth, right, in the hands of the people that need it, right? So I really, really appreciate you being a part of this. And I appreciate you being a part of the of the book project, too. So 
So here's a question for you. From everything that you learned from your dad, and it sounds like you learned a lot, like it sounds like your dad taught you a great deal about money, about assets, right? Buy assets. I know we've had this conversation, you and I, before, but I know that your dad was big on you buying assets, okay? And he taught you that, right? That was a big deal. That was an invaluable education. Your mom helped you guys. I mean, she supported you and raised you and all that kind of thing. So what would you say, if you look back on your story, if you look back on your life history, what would you say the most important thing is that you've learned in your life? Oh man, that's, that's a I big, know. Really I know. question. I'm catching you out of left, out of left field. I didn't prepare you for this. I know. I apologize. <laughs> no, you, I didn't get I didn't get the little cheat sheet for this one. I, I think the answer is pretty simple. It's a family first mindset. So yeah. what, whatever you call for you family, but it's, you have to be willing to lay down some roots and some foundations for for others for you know to to be a part of something bigger than just right. yourself right and whether it's what you're doing with your finances and your assets or your job um, or decisions that you make every day is they can't be self-seeking yeah you have to think about the people around you and it's, it, it helps you make better choices yeah. um, and as you make those better choices you're actually put in a better situation to just live a, a more fulfilled life Right. And, and I got to tell you from personal example, um, the way that my parents raised me, the way that Elaine's parents raised her, um, and the way that we're trying to raise our girls is we're happy. Yeah. There's so much joy in our life because a lot of those things that we do every day are for one another yeah. and they're not self-seeking. Um, and and there's, a lot of, there's a lot of fun and joy that comes from being with people yeah. and being rooted. And I think that kind of almost goes down to buying a home instead of renting somewhere is the opportunity to just pick up and go, yeah. you know, with a home, you're, you're laying down some foundations and saying, no, I want to make this community better. I want to make this home better. I want something better for myself and my family. Yeah. And you did that, Mike, you did that on your first house. You did that on Butterfield. A big part of why we were able to sell that home for more than what we listed it for was because of what you guys did to improve it. You added onto that deck. We had the deck refinished, right? We had some repairs done. We had a couple of walls painted. We had some things done to kind of spiff the place up a little bit and sharpen it up, get it ready for yeah. prime time, you know? But you guys continued yep. in, that, in that mode of improving the place as the years went by. You were in there for five years. And it looked a lot better five years later than when you originally moved in. And when you moved in, it was a remodel, right? But because yeah. you guys did what you did before at the at the first house, that helped to, to modernize it and it helped to make it more appealing to the people that, that had an opportunity to see it. So you made my job easy, buddy. I, I cannot I cannot thank you guys enough. Um, but I just well, I, really you just you're kind of turning it, you know, you're, you're turning, you're turning a house into a home. So it's yeah. almost selfish, yeah. you know, where you just, you want to live in a place that you're proud of. Uh, we yeah. would have family over, we'd have friends over, we'd have church over. And I mean, especially during COVID, so many of our friends and family li basically lived with us because yeah. number one, we had a big outdoor space where we could be safe. We had a pool. It's still getting hot out there. Yeah. And so 
uh, we wanted a place that we were proud of, but that we could welcome people. So, you know, the, a lot of those home improvements were selfish, but we knew because yeah. of the lessons of my dad is that those, those upgrades we were making only made the home more valuable. Yeah. That, they would pay off. Right. So you took that, yeah. you took yeah. that fence out front, took that out and you put in a, yeah. you put in a pergola, you brought system pavers in and you put pavers in. I mean, all the things that you guys did that went, that went a long way in terms of making your home more appealing, right? The, the, the artificial turf you put in the whole thing. So you guys did a great job. And like I said, you made my job a lot easier and I really appreciate you. So listen, will you do me a favor? Will you tell Elaine and the girls I said, hi? I will. <laughs> I miss you guys. I'm glad you're up there. I'm glad you're in your new house. I'm glad you're getting your dream, your dream backyard. I want everything in the world for you guys. And if I can ever help you, please, you have my number. Please don't hesitate to reach yep. out. Okay. I'm here for you. And I love you guys. Okay. Thanks again for being love you too, Mike. I know that there are people that are listening to this that are going to learn a ton from you and your story and your life. And I can't thank you enough for being a part of this. Well, I appreciate you passing on the message and sharing it because uh, we live a fulfilled life and, and we want that for everyone. So everyone who is listening, you know, yeah, go click, click the button, whatever you got to do to get in contact with Mike, we'll get you squared away. I know you will. Yeah. yeah. Appreciate Thank all you, that buddy. you do. I couldn't appreciate you more. Take care. Okay. You Love too. Bye-bye. See ya. We hope you enjoyed another episode of the Mike Litton experience. If you did, do us a favor, smash that subscribe button, tell your friends, family, and coworkers about our program, and wherever you get your podcasts, please leave us a rating. It helps us to connect with quality people just like you. And that's a wrap. Another episode of the Mike Litton Experience in the books. Reach out to Mike on Instagram at Litton Realty. Want to meet with Mike? Check out calendly.com slash Rio 760. 